0: Hey, Dreamers. Today is Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. It's almost 5 o'clock in the afternoon, Pacific time, and I had a little bit of breaking news out of California that I wanted to share with you. Before I get started, though, I must warn you that this story does contain details involving the deaths of young children and babies, so listener discretion is strongly advised. Sometime in the early morning hours of June 29th, a little more than a week ago, 45-year-old Sherry Telnas took her two sons, 7-year-old Jacob and 12-year-old Jackson, to a field adjacent to the home where they lived in Porterville, California, located in the San Joaquin Valley area of Tulare County, and allegedly drowned both of them in an irrigation tunnel located near a cornfield. And when she was done, she left their bodies there, but it's not clear where Telnes went from there, but it doesn't seem that she got too far. A witness had spotted her someplace in the vicinity of the drowning and called 911, explaining that it appeared as though Telnes was behaving strangely, as it was only about 5.30 in the morning, and was concerned because she was walking with two boys across the street and headed towards a field. And she really had no business going in that direction. It was early in the morning, and there was nothing over there. When authorities arrived, they quickly ascertained, though it's unclear if they saw the boys or if she told them. But they discovered the boys who were unresponsive. At which time they attempted to revive them. Jacob and Jackson were transported to a local hospital. But shortly upon arrival, 12-year-old Jackson died or was pronounced dead, as I'm not certain if he was ever revived at all. Seven-year-old Jacob was in critical condition but still alive and was transported to Valley Children's Hospital. Jacob remained on life support for one week until just this past Sunday, July 7th, when he died as a result of his injuries. He was surrounded by family and loved ones when he took his last breath. His family had an hour to spend with Jacob to say their goodbyes as the decision had been made to end life support, as there was no hope that he would ever be able to recover. As we speak, Talnass is being held in custody and charged with one count of murder with special circumstances of lying in wait and one count of attempted murder. But with Jacob's passing, that charge will certainly be elevated to murder as well. She is also charged with one count of gassing, and I'm not quite sure what that means. Maybe she had a pepper spray on her, but I i don't really know. It's not clear. Um, she's charged with one count of battery on a peace officer as well. It has also been revealed that Telnes had first attempted to drown the older boy, Jackson, 11 years earlier when he was 10 months old, In the Clark Fork River in Montana, according to Mineral County Sheriff Mike Boone, as he was contacted later on the same day she drowned him and his younger brother regarding the earlier incident. According to the sheriff, on April 16, 2008, Telnas waded into the river and fully immersed herself and Jackson underwater. She admitted to investigators at the time that she tried to drown him, explaining that she had bad thoughts or heard voices that told her to do so. She made the attempt, but then suddenly decided she could not go through with it. She performed CPR on Jackson, revived him, and took him to the emergency room. According to the Mineral County District Attorney at the time of the 2008 incident, the drowning attempt was committed when Telnas was in the throes of mental illness. She pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 20 years in the custody of the Department of Public Health and Human Services. At the time, Jackson's father, also named Jacob, was awarded full custody of him, and he indicated that his son did not show any signs of any kind of permanent brain damage as a result of the drowning. The elder Jacob also reported to the local newspaper that Sherry had been in a depressive state when she submerged their son, and that Jackson had no memory of it. He told the paper. She gave him CPR. That's how he lived. I asked her what changed her mind, and she said she couldn't believe what she was doing. She doesn't remember what was going on while she was doing it, but then she suddenly came to her senses and started to revive Jack. She understands what happened, and she's dying about it. She doesn't remember what she said, but she is sedated. It kills me that I can't trust her, but in the situation that I'm in, I really can't trust her. She might be blocking it out. Tulare was released from custody from the Department of Public Health in 2016, some eight years after the attempt on Jackson's life. But sometime while in custody, she gave birth to another boy, Jacob, named after his father, but I'm uncertain if he's a junior while she was still in custody. As of now, it's unclear how Telnes came to be back in contact with her sons or why they were in her custody considering her history. But as she makes her way through the court system again, I'm sure more details will emerge in this tragic case. And, well, wouldn't you know that while I was looking at articles about this story, other articles popped up about other parents accused of drowning their children. So early last month in Brooklyn, New York, 27-year-old Lynn Lee was convicted of first-degree manslaughter for the 2016 drowning of her 2-year-old daughter, Melody. She was punishing her for having a potty accident, then proceeded to place the toddler in a storage bin filled with water, and held her underwater until the child stopped moving. Sometime later, Lee dialed 911, and apparently the day before she drowned her two-year-old, she had held her four-year-old son's head underwater too, for which she was convicted with attempted assault along with the manslaughter conviction. According to Oxygen.com, on the evening of March thirteenth, two 2016, Lee was in the process of punishing Melody for something that she had done earlier. What it was, I don't know. But this punishment involved the two-year-old being made to stand facing a wall for several hours, which ultimately led to her wetting herself. (sighs) Jeez, this mom, right? Okay, so once that happened, mom became furious again, so she took Melody to the bathroom to punish her some more the district attorney's office said in a statement. She placed Melody inside a storage container in the tub and filled it with water. The defendant then submerged the child's head under the water until she stopped struggling, according to evidence brought out at trial. She submerged her son underwater a day earlier. Melody's dad attempted to revive her, but he was unable to do so. And when first responders arrived, they found Melody to be unconscious and unresponsive. She was pronounced dead upon arrival at the hospital. Her autopsy determined that she sustained injuries consistent with being forcibly held underwater. District Attorney Eric Gonzalez said of the verdict, Melody was a defenseless child who depended on her mother to protect her. It is extremely sad and inexplicable that she lost her life at the hands of the person who should have kept her safe. Nothing will bring Melody back. But with this verdict, we make clear that we will bring to justice those who harm children. Lee was scheduled to be sentenced on June 24th, but I was unable to find any further updated articles as to whether or not she was sentenced or if that hearing was delayed but she was looking at a maximum of 25 years for the manslaughter and another 15 for the assault charge. It also isn't clear if Lee had any struggles or history with mental illness, as in our first case it was found with Sherry Telness, who had been institutionalized for about eight years following her first attempt at drowning her son when he was 10 months old. But to me, it sounds like Lee had a hair-trigger temper, who dealt very severe physical punishments upon her children as she had absolutely no control over her rage, and sadly, her youngest child paid with her life. At the very least, we can hope that her surviving son is able to go on and have a normal life, not too damaged by the abuse he was made to endure at the hands of his mother. I don't know how much of a role his father played in all of this, But I imagine with a woman like Lee, it's quite possible that he may have stood by silently, maybe even too afraid himself to intervene. But he could have very well been a part of the abuse as well, I don't know. Whatever the case, I hope the boy is in good hands and social services does their job in following up. And I also hope that we can find a little bit of comfort that Melody is no longer suffering. And then a third story that popped up in my search is from back in December of last year. And this time, it involved a dad, Jonathan Stevens Zicarelli. Zicarelli walked into a Greenwood, Missouri police station and confessed that he killed his six-month-old daughter by placing her into an icy retention pond and watched her drown. However, acting quickly, Police Chief Greg Halgrimson and Corporal Tom Calhoun rushed to the pond and found the infant floating in the water face up. Calhoun jumped into the pond and pulled her out. The baby had mud in her eyes and water and grass in her mouth. She was unresponsive, but after several minutes of CPR, Calhoun successfully revived her. It was estimated that she had been in the water for about 10 minutes before she was pulled out. She was transported to a nearby hospital where she received treatment for severe hypothermia, but otherwise was in good condition considering what her father had just done to her. Everyone involved in her rescue, everyone at the police department and the hospital, believed that her survival was nothing short of a miracle. When Ziccarelli was asked why he did this, he said he was stressed out about the holidays and he wanted things to be easier for his wife. Well, if you ask me, he should have spared everyone the stress and just threw himself in the icy pond, to be honest. But he didn't, and he was charged with first-degree domestic assault. Arresting officers described him as sort of detached. And from his mugshot, yeah, it seems like it just sort of a weird blank look and there might be some mental health issues going on there as well. He admitted he had driven to the pond in the past, parked and walked down to take a look at the icy water at least three times before he went there, the final time to put his daughter in the water. He said he watched to make sure that she sank before he drove away. He also admitted to thinking about drowning his daughter for at least an entire day before actually going through with it, and over the course of that time, he had been plagued with what he described as bad thoughts. He went straight to the police station to report what he had done immediately after placing her in the water, and thankfully, the police rushed there in time to be able to revive her. I have heard that chances of surviving a drowning are greater in cold water because it slows down the heartbeat, it slows down the breathing, and the blood gets redistributed to organs that need the oxygen and blood the most, which are the heart, the lungs, and the brain, and that the cold water reduces the brain's need for oxygen and allows it to survive longer during the time when a person's air supply is cut off, thereby preventing brain damage from setting in as quickly as it would in normal temperatures and conditions. So anyway, I will try to follow the California story as closely as possible. This just happened and it's really early on in the investigation, so I will check back periodically and I should be getting news alerts as well in my feed. But thank you for tuning in to my little breaking news segment here on California Dreaming. Until next time, sweet dreams.